Yes, sir, we promised you a great man. Andre, the shot. WrestleMania. WrestleMania is running wild. Delicious chicken. It was repot. It was repot. It's professional professional wrestling. wrestling. It is professional wrestling. And it is the Cheap Heat Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another week of the world's number one sports and recreation podcast. I am the mage one himself, Peter Rosenberg, joining me from Philadelphia in his room adorned with weird Marvel medals. And what is that? What is that Bret Hart thing in the background now? As this you- is a this is a comic book. This is one of my prized possessions from the Ooh. Bret Hart Shrine. Uh, Boom Studios comic book. WWE number two, limited Beautiful. edition Bret Hart cover with Bret giving the sharpshooter. It's fire, ladies and gentlemen. That is that guy Greg in Philadelphia. Yes. SUG, how are you today? I'm doing great. P, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. As we're recording this, Tiger's playing some very good golf in the Masters, which I'm always here for. Um, we have last night, uh, we were given a lot of uh, interesting things to talk about from AEW. Um, SGG, is, SGG will probably... See, uh, today I have things to criticize about, about AEW, but SGG will probably take it so far that I'll be forced to defend them, even though I... I was the one making fun of them in the first place. Mm-hmm. But as you once he gets, once you start feeding him, you know, it's like, it's like bringing up politics with grandma. All of a sudden she starts being like, and you know what else? Those blacks. And you're like, whoa, grandma, what are you even saying? That's by the way, not my grandma, literally. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> Anyways, you tell SGG one thing. I got to know about AEW. He's like, they're all bad. What did I tell you? You got to watch your wallet when you're around AEW. You do, which takes me right into my first piece of news. The only piece of news. So so this just is this breaking? This is not breaking. Uh, AEW announced uh, that they were going to create AEW games. They launched it officially. Uh, They have two mobile games coming and a console game and yeah you do have to watch your wallet about around AEW because this console game that they debuted with the video gotta say not impressed looked bad it looked bad yeah i'll put it to you like this um the news itself is exciting right the AEW have has video games coming for mobile devices and for consoles that um the company that they're working with to develop their games developed a long line of WWE games. The great ones, No Mercy and Here Come the Pain, but also the bad ones. <laughs> so, you know. But what are the bad ones? Oh, my goodness. There's so many. Um, 
2K14. 2K19 is not great. It's better than 2K20, which is probably the worst just because it's sitting right there in recent memory. Um, some of the other 2K games, some of the late just SmackDown versus Raw games. But but still, Ukes they've done good ones, too. They've done like the one that's held up as the gold standard. No mercy. And uh, here comes the pain. They did those. So, I mean, and also, it, you know, listen, it's good news for the industry as a whole and for wrestling to have, uh, you know, another company making games. Exactly. But the but the problem is the game has to be well done. So they showed some video footage. Um, obviously, it's like just a teaser trailer stuff. And that's that's where it didn't look good. It looked very dated. Um, for example, WWE has a video on YouTube right now. It's like 13 years old from SmackDown versus Raw 2007. Okay. They're like teaser trailer. Same company that developed the game. And it looks better than this one from 2020 for AEW, which is not a good sign already. This is some of the nerdiest outside the ring news we've had in some time, but important yeah. nonetheless. Yeah, you're a gamer though. You own the PlayStation. I'm a gamer at Jace, confirmed. Yeah, I see. I see you out there gaming. You know, you know. I play my golf game a little bit. Hey Bear, what yeah. are you doing? Chill is out. Leroy back? No. Uh, for anyone who's not on social media, if you go to any of my platforms, Instagram or Twitter, you will see a a harrowing incident that happened this week. <laughs> There was a mouse invasion in Casa del Bear, meaning Casa del Peter. And it was, uh, I, I, I did not react well to the, to the spotting the mouse. Um, I thought I'd be fine. I have since learned, <laughs> I've since learned that the, though when I, when I saw the mouse, Leroy, chilling, he looked very cute, but when he moved, that darting motion mm-hmm. sent me to another <laughs> another place. Um, it wasn't it wasn't good. It wasn't what you want. Uh, man. I panicked and the videos all of my social Ebro posted it. I'm getting made fun of galore uh, from everywhere. Two chains was on the call. Yeah, two chains was there to see the whole thing, which is slightly embarrassing. Very entertaining, but really pathetic also at the same time. Um SGG, there wasn't there another story outside the rain that you just brought to our attention, by the way? Oh, I mean, it's not much of a story, but um there was a tweet sent out. It was very long, but the gist of it was that Cody was in an interview. And he essentially admitted that he told. So last year when Sean Spears debuted, he hit Cody over the head with a, with a chair. Um, the chair broke. Cody was Cody's head was split open. He required several staples in his head to recover. He was out for a little while. Um, and Tony Khan and the Young Bucks and really everybody came out right away and said that the chair was gimmicked. And Cody was fine and that everything happened according to plan. And then Cody um, essentially admitted in an interview recently that he told Tony Khan to say that 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 was going to be the case no matter what, um, that the Why chair was like sharing this information. I don't know. 
I don't know, but he essentially admitted that the chair was not gimmicked in the way that it was supposed to have been gimmicked and that he told Tony Khan to say that it was a gimmicked chair no matter what, which um, obviously everybody did. And now, yeah, now that that information's out, I think it just really looks bad. I, I think that it should have... This is one you keep to yourself. I understand. Like, okay, maybe he thought there was enough distance in the like between the incident and now to say something about it, but he's wrong. And especially he's especially wrong because there's currently a lot of critical eyeballs on mm-hmm. AEW. Recently, more than ever, they have been catching a lot of flack for mistakes they've made. Last night there was more. Um, and I don't I don't think they had any physical incidents at the pay-per-view or anything like that, but recently there was the Matt Hardy situation. There was the situation we talked about a few weeks ago where a talent was knocked out during a match on dynamite mm-hmm. and kind of forced maybe un- unintentionally sort of forced to finish the match, and it was messy. Um, and then they've you know, they've sort of backed themselves into this corner that I've talked about where their attempt to be inclusive and progressive is appreciated. But by looking down their nose sort of at WWE when they did it and by being a bit self-righteous and then making some mistakes, they've now really opened themselves up to criticism Mm-hmm. which would lead us to the disaster with Brandy Rhodes last night. Did you watch <laughs> after we texted about it? I did. I did. And um, now remember when I first, when I first, no, maybe not when I first texted you, when I first watched it, the first thing I was struck by was that they brought out a new talent. What's her name? Um, Cargill. I believe it was Jessica Cargill. Yeah, but that's not, wasn't the name she used though. Something else. You'll see it. Um, And she looks like a million bucks. She physically looks great. She's pretty. She's an incredible shape. She looks like an athlete, which I believe she is. Um, And there was so much flawed about this segment. A lot of it summed up the trouble with AEW right now on multiple levels. Jade Cargill, by the way. Jade Cargill. Jade Cargill. Um, it was hard to understand when she said her name, which was one of the first things that I sort of laughed at was uh, the way she tried to pronounce her name. She just didn't have confidence on the mic, SGG. So, so, so let's start off with how convoluted the segment was. Mm-hmm. Cody Rhodes comes out, briefly addresses his match with Darby, which I was sure the move was going to be for him to turn on Darby after their match. But of course, that's not what happened. They introduced a new storyline involving Taz's guys and Darby and Cody. And by the way, props to Darby getting the TNT title um, at the pay-per-view. It was the right move. It was, I agree. it was the time Darby could not have finished out 2020 without any real meaningful win. Like he's just too beloved by the fans to have him always lose in the big spot. I'm sorry, that's how I feel. Especially with his body type. 
if you make him a lovable loser for too long, he's a jobber. That's yeah. what ends up happening. <laughs> Simple as that. You have to. You're not. I don't believe in this. Like, oh, you keep track of every win and loss. And I certainly know wrestlers don't feel that way. But the fact is, for characters, characters become meaningless when they never win big spots. You have to believe they sometimes win the big one. Darby does. Cool. The match was okay. Um, I didn't think the fit, the win felt that impactful, but I was happy that he went over. Then they bring in Taz right afterwards and and do a little schmoz beat down afterwards with Taz's guys. Okay, whatever. You pick up on Wednesday night. Cody's cutting a promo. He moves quickly past that into talking about MJF. Then he gets interrupted by Jade Cargill, this person who you don't know on TV. And you don't know why she's talking trash to Cody. She she hints something about Shaq. Yeah, which is all so weird. Like it first I thought that like maybe she was like a figure from Cody's past that popped up on him. I thought that's what I, they were I going. I thought with they were it. about to go with the affair storyline or something. Yes, something. And but then and all of a sudden she's like, no, he's not a real giant. A real giant is Shaq. Yeah. She's... Everyone's like, and then and then and then on you know commentary, of course, they're overselling. I don't know, are they talking about Shaquille O'Neal? And obviously I'm yeah. thinking about. So now I'm thinking about, all right, we're going to do some Shaq tie in with the NBA coming back in a month. Mm-hmm. The NBA is back in five weeks. So I start thinking, OK, well, that would make sense to maybe do something like that. But what is she talking about? But do you remember what she even how she even brought up Shaq too? She was like, "Oh, you know, congratulations on getting your name back. I guess you weren't man enough to go by just one name." Like that that doesn't hurt my feelings. <laughs> like, no, that's a good point. That's not you. impactful. That's a very good point. That does not hurt my feelings. Well said. Yeah, and also like, wait, I thought he wasn't even going. I thought he was going by Cody still. Same. Yeah, he said he weren't going to use it in wrestling. I guess he didn't and she did. So I don't know if okay, they want to like, so play the like semantics game with it. But the bottom line was this for before we get to the worst part of it all. The mm-hmm. bottom line with this part of it was cool to see someone new. Cool to see a woman, new woman, cool to see a new woman of color, cool to see someone who looks like a million bucks. You don't need to give her a live mic for five minutes when she's brand new. Yeah. You, she was not ready and there's no way that you guys could have gone through rehearsal and thought she was ready. If they did a rehearsal, (laughs) cause if you did, there's two ways as you either you didn't do a rehearsal with a brand new talent, which is crazy. Or the more likely thing is you did and thought that's good enough. She was not good enough. And I'm not I'm not saying she can't pull it together and be great. But no one wants to start with the promo that's that choppy and just bad. It was like when she's like, my name is Jay Cargill. I was like, what? I didn't even hear you say your name. She wasn't ready. It, it, that, that, we're talking about TNT. Prime time, guys. It's prime time TV. Um, I mean, hell, we've sat up here and given Sasha a hard time. She made Sasha look like Jericho. No, she made Sasha look like The Rock or Ric Flair or somebody. <laughs> like, like, it was really she wasn't ready yet. So, and by the way, if someone has a body that great, they, they don't, don't need, need to talk. To talk. <laughs> they don't. 
Just let her come out. And by the way, the only physical move she could seem to do was to hold her arms up and, and, and make her muscles. That's all she did anyway. So you might as well just do that and have someone else talk, whatever, or have her just stand there and you don't know who she is. Because I didn't understand what she was talking about anyway. Yeah, if she I still don't know why Shaq is mad at Cody. So if she had just stood there making muscles, I would have been like, why is she there? I felt the same way. And then things got bad. Then no. Randy Rhodes came out and and cut a promo on this girl. In listen, I, I am someone who very much can appreciate a code switch. OK, I do it every day. I code switch between the mornings, afternoons, home. Everyone, people don't like to admit it or talk about it. People often talk different in different places with different audiences. But the last I checked, Brandy Rhodes was not entering a new place of business. She wasn't talking to new people. She was in the same place she always is. And yet it sounded like she was doing a character. Sorry to take you back that. Um, Ellen Claygorn would have been playing on SNL back in the day, like playing. It was like playing an intentionally over the top black woman. Yeah. And like, uh, that, and like that was the skit. Like that is the skit. Yep. I half expected them to be like, and house of pain is coming back on TBS this Thursday or something like that. Like it was, that, it was that bad. It was that bad. I have some quotes right here. It's, who the hell told you it was open mic night? But maybe I should hold on. Maybe I'll play it. I'll play it. Yeah, play it. Play it. We, this is this is worth playing. And by the way, I don't want anyone coming at me for being a homer for WWE. When you guys know I've been very supportive and positive about so much in AEW. So I do not try to hit me now. No, look, this is bad. Anybody that anybody that tries to say that this is not bad or for any reason or like even if you love AEW, if you can't admit that this is bad. Like then... I I absolutely would have crushed this same thing on WWE. And we have. Our truth came out talking about shucking and jiving and we killed him for what? Like 2 months? Oh yeah, that's a great point. We crushed our truth, and I love our truth. Yeah, he's great. Great guy. And, and all it was was it. Here we go. Okay, here we go. Oh, wow. They actually made a YouTube video of this. They thought that was a good idea. All right. Here you go. Mike Knight, bitch. <laughs> Your dizzy ass up here looking real confused. So let me spell this out for you. You up in my house, smacking your gums at my man, and now you my problem. real easy for you don't you ever ever talk to him like that again don't you even look at him and you know what else you can do you can take your ratchet trifling ass right up off my stage and do not come back unless i send for you do you understand me heifer oh Ooh, <laughs> good oh my god not made better by the by the way by having Tony Schiavone afterwards hitting you with the yeah. look at these wacky black women. <sighs> he didn't actually say that. Let me be clear, but 
it, it might as well have. The it wouldn't have been the it wouldn't have been the worst thing that's yo, that how, how that bad how bad was the heifer? No, might, I, that might the, be a drop, by the way. The oh. random ups that she put in there, just like up in here, up at my man. Like, ever, ever. Listen to the hold on. The heifer is is this a drop for the future? I think. Yikes. Right up off my stage and do not come back unless I send for you. For you. Do you understand me, Heffa? Yeah. By the way, Ooh. do you understand me, Heffa? Could be a future cheap shirt. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> that, that's how iconically bad that moment was. Do you understand me, Heffa? It, it, you know, what were they thinking? It's, it's great that Cody and Brandy love each other it's it's great that he believes in his wife but speaking of not coming back unless they send for you send brandy back into like the office somewhere send her to an announced position and don't have her come back and do promos like this unless the fans send for her which i don't think will happen for a long time because like i mean that was bad that was bad and not you know not to really (laughs) it didn't help that cody was in the white suit with the black tie looking like Colonel Sanders a little bit. It didn't, it didn't help. <laughs> I didn't know that. No, it didn't help. I didn't even know. But remember, I mean, Brandy is someone who has publicly talked about her struggles of being a black woman in a relationship with a white man and how she doesn't always feel embraced by the black community. You know, and just by the way, normal, regular things that human beings deal with. But she's dealt with mm-hmm. it publicly at times in which she's already been called into question for her not speaking out on certain things, etc. So I say all of that to say I'm not I'm not passing any judgment on the, that part of her personality. That's not my place at all as a white guy. I will say this, though. You are aware that those thoughts exist. Mm-hmm. We're, we're all aware that that conversations happen. So now you trot her out all of a sudden completely code switch to where she's doing for lack of a, a better word, like a 90s head back and forth, like just the most sort of egregious dated. Here's what a tough black woman sounds like instead of just being herself. And it ended up just being to me one of the most awkward bits of TV at best awkward. I mean, at worst yeah. offensive you know, things we've seen in a long time. And it, it just was what you know what I, were they doing? You know what I thought, though, that I don't know if this makes it better or worse, but you said like she did that instead of being herself. Right. But I've only known her as like these different characters. Like, what if she does talk to Cody like that at home? Well, then we better see this all the time. Then this like, better be the new permanent. Ca- if this is her <laughs> new character forever and it seems natural, then one day we'll look back and go, oh, that was the day she started being herself. But I don't yeah. think, I don't think that's the case. And if it is, we'll find out over time and then yeah, we'll all go our bad. What if you know what I mean? Like I had that thought, though, like, you know, we talk about code switching and everything like that. Like, what if like what if Cody is at home and like he's eating cereal and he used too much almond milk and then he got to hear about how his dizzy ass used up all the almond milk? Listen, so I was. I know you didn't bring your dizzy ass up in here in my in my kitchen. kitchen. To use all my almond milk, heifer. 
We don't know what Cody goes through. We don't. Maybe this is we Cody's don't. life every day. And she's like, damn, y'all don't understand. He didn't, he didn't miss a beat when she was out there like that. So who knows? Maybe this is maybe this is life. But you got to ease the rest of us into it. If if this is you, you got to ease the rest of us into it. That was like a the foot on the gas. It was too much, too fast. And uh, if it's not, then you got to stop. My, oh my, that was... A handful. Yeah. It was crazy. And, and you're right too. You said when you mentioned this promo that this is this is not going on the black power rankings later. It it certainly is not. It is it is not. It is not. Um so anyways, uh, listen, here, here here's the theme, and we've been talking about this with regards to AEW for a minute. And I know we'll get crushed by a few AEW people because I did not finish the whole pay-per-view. So I mean, I don't know if you guys know this. There were some other things going on on Saturday. Uh, by the way, they must have gotten hurt. Their number must have gotten hurt. Oh yeah, it had to. I mean, the whole the whole country. Um, Didn't Biden come on during uh, the Kenny Omega Biden, Adam Page match? Biden spoke at eight thirty. Uh, it ended up being eight. Kamala came out maybe eight fifteen. Mm-hmm. Biden around eight thirty. Um, not to mention, so many people were partying all day long. So by the time you even got to eight o'clock, people were drunk, tired, worn out. <laughs> Right. I mean, that was, I don't know what Philly was like that, Gigi. It was people, I've, I've only lived here for tw- 13 years almost. But New Yorkers were telling me it was one of the greatest days in the history of New York. I a- imagine that that it, the only thing that comes close was the Obama victory that I can think about. Yeah. But I feel like this feels bigger than that. This feels wait, bigger than that. Crazy. Well, without getting too political, that was one of my favorite things to point out this week is think about what it says about the last four years that the election of a 77-year-old white career politician, and I don't say that in a bad way, I'm just saying in terms of him being, quote-unquote, exciting. Mm-hmm. A 77-year-old Joe Biden, who's been sort of a famous politician for our whole adult li- our whole lives. Yeah. His election was so much more exciting than the election of a young, cool, and first-ever black president. Yeah, And this trumped it by, no pun intended, um, <laughs> it was this moment on Saturday. It was unlike anything we've ever seen before. Have you celebrated yeah. in the streets like that? They celebrated the- in London and Paris and all that. I read that, like, because London has a big holiday on the 5th, that they held some of the fireworks from that holiday and then set them off, like, <laughs> on I Saturday. Fireworks did go off. That's true. So it was so that said, that could not have helped the AEW number. And I don't want to just listen. I, I don't want to crush everything when I didn't see everything from this weekend. I don't know. I didn't see MG, MJF and Jericho yet. I didn't see Moxley um, and Eddie yet. So I like Moxley and Eddie. That was a good match. Was it? I did like that match. It, oh, it felt it felt like what he wanted to do all this time in WWE, like with the hardcore stuff that wasn't as hokey, because even when he comes to AEW talking about that stuff, it still felt like. It was a little bit, it had a little bit of goofiness intense. sprinkled in. Yeah, it did feel intense. All right, I'm, I'm going to watch that tonight. I'm excited to uh, to watch that match. Eddie um, Kingston does need some different gear, though. But, I mean, the match Eddie's, Eddie's gear is and always has been this, like, blue-collar working man. Yo, you know what it looks like? He looks like someone who professional wrestling is their day job the way, like, 
working in construction or like as a handyman is your day job. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. His outfit is so blue collar. It's like he's just putting on a uniform to go wrestle in 1983. And and so I hear what you're saying. Yeah, he probably needs a little bit more update, but it's kind and, of part of his. And that's just to be play it down the middle. Be fair. Angelo Dawkins needs some new gear, too, because they wear the same thing. And it, it's just. Honestly, that whole look, the the singlet adjacent or whatever it is, like the pants into the Kevin Nash or Bret Hart style where you're wearing straps up top. Mm-hmm. It, it, that's a very specific. It has to be done really well. Like for Bret, it looked great because a his whole look and color scheme was fire and it worked for his body type perfectly. Yeah, it's got to be. And Kevin Nash, when he did it, too, looked pretty good. Yeah, because he had he didn't try to put tights with it. He threw on the leather pants and like sort of made him feel a little bit taller because the pants went right past the ankle instead of going into some wrestling. I mean, he boots, so he looked look like a taller. giant. He didn't, but it helped. Like it made it him look like the giant. So, yeah, that, I, I hear you. So anyways, I'm not trying to crush all things AEW. I have not turned and, and all of a sudden now think it's trash. I think it's refreshing and I think it's good for the industry. But just because it's refreshing doesn't mean it's good. And right now, while they've still been different and an mm-hmm. alternative, they have not been good all the time. They have and dip and dip even alluded to this. They're not always accentuating strengths. Sometimes they accentuate weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And, you know, last night was a great example with with the new girl, Jade. She looks great. Why are you putting the mic in her hand for that long right away? Let us first just absorb that she looks great. Now, I get it. They might have been scared. Oh, really? We introduced this new black woman and don't let her talk. And again, now you're now you're hearing the echoes because you've allowed Twitter to be so loud. Right. Make the right decision. She wasn't ready for it. So bring her out. Let her beat someone up. But don't do that. That that did not work. And this is just something that they've done a bit too often is overthinking things they the way they tried to get to when they had that press conference for mjf and jericho a couple of weeks ago the way that they got to the match between mjf and jericho was oh my god it was like round and round and circles and confusing and and just too much sauce but then they do things i love i love the mjf bit from last night his oh, the Vegas. We're going to Vegas. Yes, we're going to Vegas is amazing. And the fact that next week it means we look forward to what is just going to be probably a show long of cutting back to them in Vegas. Awesome. That's great. Mm-hmm. That's original. And it's perfect for Jericho and MJF. Perfect. I don't like, know. The last time Jericho went to celebrate with a friend in Vegas it didn't go so well. What was the last time? Festival of Friendship. Oh, no. The last place going yeah. back. So, yeah. that, but I thought so that we'll was see. Really- that was well done, and um, the the celebrating Jericho's birthday, and I loved that yesterday. Jericho had no, like he wasn't upset at all about losing, and he wasn't skeptical. He was just like fully celebratory, and mm-hmm. I thought it was hilarious. Um, so listen, they, they do the things that they do well. Too often, those things are around Jericho, and just Jericho. You know, <laughs> yeah. like he he knows how to use his thing for the most part, just right. But everyone else needs to get maximized. We're we're seeing Omega getting there. We're seeing Kenny Omega turning into a character. 
of meaning again. And that's important. They, they need that. To me, this whole AW experiment is not a success if at some point Kenny Omega is not on top. That it, right. like, he was the best wrestler in the world when they started. Well, that's when the experiment begins, honestly, because, you know, AEW was supposed to be this place for like people who were successful on the independence and felt like they didn't need WWE to get where they were going. Now, granted, to just have them jump right out at the beginning, I'm starting to agree, might not have been the move because you have to build the foundation and put certain things in place. But the company needs to be ready for the time when the Young Bucks are tag team champions and Kenny Omega is the world champion because that's when it really begins. And that's when they really can say, you know, we're warmed up. We have everybody going and everything is ready to go. Yeah, that's a great point. All right, SGG, let's move on. We're just a couple of weeks away from Survivor Series. Um, And don't think WWE gets a free pass this week because I am not happy about the build to the traditional Survivor Series match still. Which ones are well, I mean, don't even get me started on the women's side. (laughs) No, let's keep it going. Let's women women survivor series build has been a disaster. I do not understand the storyline with Shayna, Naya, Lana. I don't get it. I just don't see what we're doing here, and I don't see who's benefiting. Dip said it a while ago, and he was right. I mean. This whole thing has not been good for Shayna Baszler or Nia Jax. No. They're both being weakened. Neither's being strengthened by this. I mean, maybe for them to eventually split, it'll be cool when they're against each other, but let's just get to that. We could have started off with them just having a story with each other. Yeah. You know? And and by the way, like, why is it? I know we talked about it, but guess what? This is the season to beat this horse. We Guess what? We do a wrestling podcast. It's Survivor Series season. Why have we made the traditional Survivor Series match so complicated? What's the meaning of this year? Why is Raw versus SmackDown a meaningful thing? The draft just happened. They barely even know what shows they're on yet. Yeah. And brand supremacy matters for about two weeks. If that, maybe like a week. Because, you know, they go right into the next pay-per-view and then... The ball keeps rolling. It doesn't matter at the Royal Rumble. It doesn't matter at WrestleMania. It doesn't matter at SummerSlam. It matters in the three weeks before Survivor Series and the week after. Like you said, they need stakes. They need it to roll into the next big thing. And it just doesn't. It doesn't. If it was like, you know, the number 30 pick at the Rumble, or if, you know, the Money in the Bank briefcase stays on that brand, uh, when the eventual Money in the Bank match comes up, like something to make these people want to even fight for their brand because as it stands, it doesn't matter. I'm trying to look back now, SGG, in history and see when it became a total mess. <laughs> so Survivor Series, let's say 97, um, 97 had Team Canada and Team USA, Mm -hmm. right? It wasn't the best matchup. Um, And then you had Ken Shamrock, Ahmed Johnson, and the Legion of Doom, rest in peace, against the nation. That makes sense because Mm -hmm. Ahmed at that point had broken up with the nation, right? 
Because they... 97 was what? That was the gang rules one, right? <laughs> yeah. So it was Shamrock, Ahmed, and oh, yeah. And, and Ahmed had moved on and was rolling with Legion of Doom because they had a six man tag at Mania together. Yeah. So, I mean, and then against the nation, which is a full faction. Um, in 98, there was like a sort of random tag one. D'Lo, the Godfather, and the Headbangers um, against the Acolytes and the Dudley Boys. I'm fine with a random tag one. It's cool. Um, then they had Gangrel, Mark Henry, Steve Blackman, and Val Venus over the British Bulldog, um, and the Mean Street Posse. Um, <laughs> random as hell. Super random. Uh, let's see. Then they did the Dudley Boys and the Hardy Boys over Edge and Christian and Right to Censor. So some good good guy tag teams against some bad guy tag teams. Straightforward. Um, in 01, they did a team WWF against the Alliance. Makes and they sense. also... And then, wow, there was no traditional one in 02. In 03. That's where it becomes a mess right there. No, no, no. Well, with none in 02? Yeah, when you decide that it doesn't matter. Right, you didn't even have one. You didn't even have one at a Survivor Series. Then in 03, they go Team Angle versus Team Lesnar, which at least makes sense. And they did Team Bischoff versus Team Austin. Which at also least, makes sense. It was a fun story with Bischoff and Austin fighting for control of Raw. It was fun. Um, that's 03. And 04, they did Team Guerrero versus Team Angle. They did Team Orton versus Team Triple H. Um, in 05, now we do a first Team SmackDown against Team Raw. <sighs> now, I will say this about that Survivor Series. At least in 05... It predates, you know, battleground. It predates these other battles for brand supremacy. So they did, if you remember, SGD, they did a lot of back and forth between the two shows. They made it. It was it was stupid in some ways, but it was at least like there was a a four or five week back and forth going to the shows and people were showing up and, and attacking people. And it was a whole thing. After 05. You just uh, it gets sloppy, and 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 there would be, there would be moments of matches that made sense, um, but it gets like worse. Team, worse. Team DX team rated RKO makes sense. Yeah, I mean the people on it don't make sense. Why did Team Rated RKO have Johnny Nitro, Mike Knox, and Gregory Helms? They were available. Um, <laughs> they. And again, these I'm I'm good with the teams being a babyface team against a heel team, and nothing else really ne- needs to make that much sense except that you know maybe you have a couple of relationships there that go together, whatever. But when you're going to start getting into this mixed up babyface and heels together for no reason just to take on SmackDown. Like, why? Mm -hmm. There's so much more. You could even do something probably between the two brands that if it was done thoughtfully might be good. This just isn't being done thoughtfully. Yeah, it feels like a like a like a hodgepodge, like everything's just being thrown together, like you said. And 
I mean, hopefully there's a payoff, right? I don't see one coming right now, <laughs> but hopefully there is. Uh, I've been seeing speculation online that this might build to Lana being the sole survivor and winner for Team Raw or something like that. Or I hope not, because I, like I said, I got SmackDown pulling the sweep. But if it if it makes Lana look stronger and more credible, then it will have all been for something. But right now, it just looks crazy. I mean, it is very, very frustrating. And I love this pay-per-view. Man, back in the day, there was just so much fun stuff around Survivor Series. Uh, like I said earlier, it's not rocket science. So, SGG, what, um, over the last few days, anything, anything good that did get you excited about something? So, I know we're crushing the women's Survivor Series team, but the men's Survivor Series team on Raw, I actually like how they're handling that. I like the little buildup with, uh, with AJ claiming to be team captain and the dissension. It's, it's all filler, but I do like that it at least you is know entertaining. What? You know what? Fair. Fair. L- like last week, the meltdown at the end when they each kicked another one out of the ring. Yeah. It, was, it felt old school. There, was, there yeah. was something. It was a little silly. You know, my biggest problem with AJ right now, because I agree with you, and that part actually has been something. There's a little something there. Um, I don't like that, like, his heater is, that could be so cool, and, like, they're scared to, like, maybe they don't want to see make him in 2020. They're being oversensitive, and they don't want to make him seem like a manservant in any way. Right. So as a result... Which is fair. Oh, but there's a way to do it where he's not that. Yo, he, he's he, he does, he's not going to be Virgil. He's seven feet tall. He's a giant. He's hired <laughs> security. And by the way, guess what he was before he was doing this? He literally played a security guard on the show. Yeah. So which is why, which is why his introduction with AJ should have been should have been more right because like yeah, well, it well, he, at least been AJ being like yo, what are you doing? What are you doing now? There's no raw underground. Like, what are you up to? Hundred percent, an easy. Yep. They kind of just acted like he appeared out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, did, we saw him. He was working the door. That was literally a guy who was working the door at the club with with a completely different personality. By the way, he was like mad jolly. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. He was. He was jolly and working the door. You could have even turned his character like age. Like I need to be a bit of a tougher guy, though, my friend. You can't be Mister Friendly. They could have done something there. Now, yeah. you know how like they just don't interact at all. It's like the guy walks with them. And he's there, but he barely even looks out for AJ. Like, yeah. I need you to make them have, again, it's, it's, it's sort of like what I said about what we've been saying about Heyman and Roman. Mm-hmm. Why are you scared to make the connect? Like, the AJ's with this guy. And by the way, the guy needs the rub. That's what he's supposed to be. Like, you're not, <laughs> exactly. you don't have to make him Virgil to make it his man. And by the way, in the end, He's probably going to be fed. I mean, I guess it depends how you want to turn them. But no matter which way you want to turn them, you can still show that they have a real connection of some sort, you know, and there's a way to do that without him being a servant. What if he really admires AJ? What if he's a young kid trying to make it in the business and he sees AJ as a real opportunity to learn? AJ is one of the best wrestlers in the world. Like there's a way to do it where you don't have to make don't think outside the tropes that we've used for the black white relationships before. This is a new thing. Don't even worry about him being a black dude and AJ being a white dude. He's a giant. AJ's an established superstar. He is using 
this dude's incredible physical presence as a deterrent to anyone who wants to mess with him. Boom. How do we work from there? And now give them a relationship, though. He just walks near him. It's like, I need more. I need more. And that's why I say they botched the intro because there's so many different directions. They could have gone with it. He could have seen AJ getting beat up a couple of weeks in a row and decided that he was going to step in for whatever reason. They could have do. They could have done what they've been doing with the Drew and Sheamus, right? Like every week during Raw Underground, AJ walks by and they hint that they have like some old friendship that we aren't privy to because we weren't there throughout the years. And then now that Raw Underground is gone, yo, come hang with me. You're not doing anything else. It's better maybe, than being maybe, a catering. Maybe you see AJ kind of turn him bad, if you will. Yeah, you know, at first something. hesitant to beat people up, and AJ's like, "Do it." Do it, you know, and we see him sort of turn. But right now, I feel it's half-assed. Like, I don't feel that he cares about AJ. I guess he's a bad guy because he looks mean. He's got a scowl. He doesn't smile. But besides that, what's his personality? What's his motivation? I don't even know what his motivation to be there is. Is he paid? Is he is he a hired gun? Are they friends? I just don't know. And He's physically so impressive. I want it to mean something. Yo, this guy has. This guy could be, you know, great Kali Jace. He's a giant. And by that, I don't I mean, hopefully not great Kali Jace in ring. But I mean, in terms of playing the role of that, when you go to a live show, you see him and go, oh, my God, he's mm-hmm. an attraction. Yo, they could lie and say that dude's seven three. Yeah, they can say whatever they want. <laughs> uh, he looks about seven, right? Yeah, he was whatever. He looks like he could be over seven, though, honestly, because he's got a he's got a lot on AJ. So if you're if you start saying this guy's seven foot three, three hundred eighty five pounds or whatever, like you can make him a true monster. Cool. How do we get there in a way that has a little bit more meaning than just they happen to like hover near each other? Now, yeah. one thing I did like this week that did show some some real character development was Jay Uso on SmackDown sort of getting pushed into now starting to believe and love Roman. Mm-hmm. Loved that. Loved that. Because, hey, let's be honest, Roman Roman's right. Not that KO was in any way super disrespectful or out of line, but at the, at the same time, you know, Family. He first, first he's joking about you. Then it's going to be your brother. Then it's going to be the whole family. And then it might be too late to stop it. So we we handle this now. <laughs> we handle this tonight because it reflects on everybody. And it was a really like I can't say really subtle, but it was a subtle enough mm-hmm. heel turn for Jey Uso. Mm-hmm. And, and that's and cool. Cut him off on the interview too, like. We don't do interviews like it. And, and, and considering what a baby face Jay Uso was, what, two weeks earlier? Yeah. To now you imagine by this week, he could be just full blown rolling with Roman and looking like a real heel. Possibly. And even with the, with Heyman too, like, you know, that the Brock Heyman dynamic, this is so interesting about Paul Heyman, right? You have him with Roman, you had him with Punk, you had him with, you had him with Brock, and all of these relationships felt different, like completely different. Like with the Brock Heyman dynamic, it really felt like 
Heyman was the one, not necessarily calling the shots, but, but leading like, things. Yeah. Yeah. At a moment's notice, he could sick Brock on you with, with punk. He really felt like his equal, like they were just out there because they could, and they could get away with whatever they wanted. And now with Roman, even something as simple as Roman being like, yo, you're around because you know, everything is just like, you know, we wanted Heyman to do more and be in the driver's seat and be like at the forefront. But like Roman doing and saying little things like that is just like the hierarchy is established and Roman, Roman is the boss. And, and you're right. It is cool that that is a different. That is a different version than we've seen before of Heyman. That's one yeah. of the things that makes Heyman so good is that within the context of him being the voice of someone or the, the, the counsel. He can do it in so many different ways. Yeah. But man, I wish Survivor Series there was a Roman Reigns team instead of the sort of random match with him and Randy. And also, Randy still can't escape Drew McIntyre. <laughs> no. Like, we're still here. I mean, at least they don't have a pay per view match, but like, I'm They got a title match on Monday, though. What, what's Monday? Randy Orton versus Drew for the championship. It came after the six-man tag on Monday? Uh, I believe it came before, like before. I, I'm good. I'm good. I really want to see Randy beating up other people. I don't think they should change the champ, change those champions, that championship, excuse me. The tag team titles are also on the line on Monday. The Hurt Business, Cedric Alexander, and um, Shelton Benjamin against the New by, Day. By the way, can we just have a second Survivor Series match with the tag teams? Like, why do we just have to have one Raw versus SmackDown? Why can't you also... Yo, you could have a tag team match that's all Raw people. Who cares? You don't need to explain it. It's just another Survivor Series match. Like, it's yeah. Survivor Series. Yeah. I think they... they. I don't think they have enough tag teams, though, to do, like, the 10, 10 on 10 tag team version of that they do. No, well, they, you could do... It's very easy. It there they could have done. They basically could have done the hurt business against a retribution traditional yeah. Survivor Series match. Yeah, it or wouldn't have been. It wouldn't have been a SmackDown versus Raw. But no, who cares? That's the thing. Yeah. Who cares? Why are we they, now married to that? They shoehorned it. They 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 locked themselves into a gimmick. That is such an easy Survivor Series match. A four on four because it's four dudes in retribution. Yep. And it's four dudes in the heart business. Huh. Right? Yes. That, that it's done. It's done. It? Slapjack, T Bar, Mace, Mace and Mustafa Ali. Ali. Against that's, that's Lashley, MVP, Shelton Benjamin, Cedric Alexander. And who cares? Lashley could pull double duty. He can take his loss to Sammy and then maybe get his win back against Retribution. By the way, that's a great point. He could have double duty. That would be fun. I just you've now boxed us into this battleground style survivor series that I do not understand. Also yeah. at survivor series, of course, well, hopefully that's not what happens, but the undertaker, <laughs> but maybe is no, how else do you celebrate 30 years? <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what, it would be something else. <laughs> I'll tell you, that would be a uh, blockbuster. Heck of a bargain for $9.99. An exclusive world premiere of our brand new blockbuster. 
So um, the Undertaker's supposed final farewell. Uh, Talk about boxing yourself into a corner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Remember the thank you taker shirts? Remember when that was a thing oh, like four sure. years ago? Sure. Sure. I do. Now. So tell me this. Do you believe this is the final farewell and it's simply that? Or do you believe it ends up being a final farewell that turns into the beginning of the final story? Yeah, I think this is the beginning of the final story. Because, like, listen, man, this is wrestling. This is wrestling. And they already served up this gimmick for us when it was 25 years of Undertaker. Oh, 25-year celebration. He debuted at Survivor Series 25 years ago. This could be the last time you see him. And I believe that's what rolled us into the, the Roman Reigns mania stuff. And here we are for the 30th, and they're about to play the same game claim <laughs> with us again. Are there any rumors out there yet about what this could be? Um, there are not. But it's only a matter of time. We got some time before Survivor Series. So you already know, like, the beans not necessarily be spilled, but, like, there'll be some chirps out there by November 22nd about what this means and what what's happening next. I will be, let me just be clear about this. I know this is not a shocking opinion. I will be very disappointed if after all that we've gone through with the dead man, it ends with just like a ceremony and he says goodbye. Yeah, same. Especially after how great the last ride match was like now we know there is a way to have a match for him that's protected like even if even if okay even if they do mania somewhere that is not the thunderdome right mm -hmm. and i actually believe that will happen and by the way what great news potentially for wwe that they think there could be a vaccine in april now granted if there's a vaccine in april it won't be still got to administer it. That'll be a nightmare. Yeah. It won't be. There won't be time. However, I just feel that if the vaccine is starting to come out around then, they probably will. And that is assuming mm -hmm. that we have survived the second wave by then and, and things have calmed. I think they could still get away with an outdoor limited attendance WrestleMania. Um, yeah, I think people would feel a lot better about it and the optics would look a lot different knowing the vaccine was starting to distribute. Um, Here's the thing. Mm -hmm. Even if they even if they aren't able to get like a full audience back. Right. And they have to go cinematic with a match. The Boneyard match was in April and they put that together fairly quickly. Oh, I said, is it ride match? The last oh, yeah. The last. Well, yeah. no, it was, a it was the Boneyard match. It was the Boneyard, Boneyard match last ride? The last match. ride was the uh, documentary. Documentary, yeah. Boneyard was the match. All right. <laughs> but is there a world is where New world where they have a couple of Undertaker matches banked already? Like just already filmed. Like you come out, you do the storyline, you do the build at the pay-per-view, we hit a cinematic, and it's already in the can, like ready to go. You mean like it's done right now? Yeah. I don't think so. Not like it couldn't be. I just don't think so. But to your point, if they were actually planning properly in advance, you certainly could do that. Because, like, why wouldn't you, right? Like, you see how well the Boneyard match went, and, you know, it gave them the opportunity to work around, you know, his different limitations. 
why not have and then you know if they have a couple they could go whatever direction they want like he doesn't even need to come back to the ring except to like sell the match and then when the pay-per-view comes i'll tell you what cinematic i'll tell you what if i had been in a if i was in a stadium like a there there are fifteen thousand people to twenty thousand people in a 60 to eighty thousand person stadium Mm -hmm. socially distanced watching wrestlemania and they cut away and showed a 20-minute Undertaker match on the big screen at the stadium. That would be fun. Yeah. They, It'll and be like, like going to a movie in the middle of WrestleMania. I'd be good with it. <laughs> exactly. I mean, hell, they did it with the backlot brawl. This would be much better than that. Exactly, because it all depends on what's on the screen. I think that Boneyard match would have been captivating enough to keep people engaged. Yeah, you're not gonna they close, were in the audience. You're not going to close the night with it like you did last year. But you do it in the middle of the night. It would almost be like, you know, a little bit of an intermission, and you, but it wouldn't be. It would be like a change of pace, mm-hmm. awesome, and then you continue on with the rest of the card. Especially but, like after dark, you can you can like see it perfectly. It'll be oh, airing and all. Be fire. So we will see. Survivor Series will be a big deal in that regard. I'm very excited to see. Um, SGG, do you have black power rankings? Oh yeah. I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all. And I'm blacker than black, and I'm black, y'all. And I'm black, y'all. And I'm black, y'all. And I'm blacker than black, and I'm black, y'all. I'm blickety black, blacker than black, black. I'm blacker than black, yo. Because I'm black, and I'm black. Yo, I'm black, and I'm black, y'all. And I'm blacker than black, and I'm black, y'all. In at number three, Titus O'Neil. Which, I'll admit, this is sort of like a sympathy, sympathy vote. Wow, this is sad when you openly admit it's a sympathy. Yeah, no, I have to because, I mean, the man, he he got beat down. Let's just call it how it is. And and it was Bobby Lashley, so the same thing would happen to any of us. But, you know, he stood up for himself. He decided that what they hurt business did to him last week, he wasn't going to stand for it. So now he has to lay down and take it because Bobby Lashley put him to sleep. I like that you think you would handle it as well as Titus. No, I would. I mean, he had happened to all of us. Yeah, like it would to say, happen to all of us. I think it would happen worse <laughs> to some of us. <laughs> to varying degrees, the same thing would happen to all of us if we tried to do that. Uh, but yeah, because because Titus O'Neil at least stood up for himself in a moment when you know that was just ill advised. He's coming in at number three. In at number two, Sasha Banks successfully defended her SmackDown Women's Championship against, um, let's just call it how it is, her greatest rival, Bayley, um, in a match that in the buildup, Bayley just openly said, you can win championships, you just can't hold on to them. And Sasha seemed to have broken away from that. And she's coming in at number two for that because in winning her championship and holding on to it, you know, the same thing can be said about another competitor, um, Johnny Gargano, who right. does win championships and does not hold on to them. You know, they said in the lead up to NXT this week that he has never successfully defended a singles championship. And the streak continues because last night, Johnny Gargano lost the NXT North American Championship to Leon Ruff in a shocker of a win for Ruff, who is now your North American champion. I thought it's at official. First, I thought at first when they showed him on like a WWE thing, I, I was I was like, oh, they uh, I thought it was like one of the kids that they like when, when Braun <laughs> yeah. when Braun won the tag titles. 
<laughs> yeah, he he could tag with Nicholas and be real convincing, but like it it fe- it felt improbable, it felt unlikely, and although there was a bit of an assist, we're not going to take anything away from the new North American champion, uh, Leon Ruff, coming in at number one. Congratulations to Leon Ruff! What a day for for that kid. He's got like six thousand followers. He's brand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, he, and he was a bucko five dripping red. Dripping wet. Uh, How long has he been a jobber? For a while. I mean, I I feel like that might have been his first win in WWE TV in a long time. All right. So I just came up with something on the spot, SGG. Tell me your thoughts. I think what we're going to do is do here is I already have a lot of mail um, and there'll be more mail because right now send us a message. Rosenberg beats at gmail.com and let's jump on tomorrow with dip for an abbreviated mailbag only gp what are your thoughts i'm in all right so we're gonna wrap this thing up for today and then we'll come back tomorrow with a mailbag edition yeah so send your hot takes send us some smoking hot takes i'm sure we'll have some angry aw fans and i'll look forward to hearing from you happy to chew out both of us and um in the meantime do us a favor and uh enjoy yourself oh yeah no, take it easy, you know. Stay mage. All of that. All of that. Take it easy. Stay mage. True, true. It's professional wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event of the evening. At this time, I would like to introduce in the corner to my left. The majesty. Sweet, sweet Peter Rosenberg. And then I went to makeup and like sat in front of the mirror a little bit and got myself together. Also, ladies and gentlemen, at this time, I would like to introduce... Shout out to that guy, Greg. Bret Hart is the greatest professional wrestler in the history of the art form. m m m m Mitch.